So Jesus knew this. He knew this wrath was going to be poured out on him, and he did it willingly. So we are predestined, not because we respond to a call, but we are predestined to respond to that call. So we're not ashamed at all to say Reformed theology makes God very big, and it makes us very small. The purpose of this election and predestination is that we might be conformed to the image of His Son. And we want to have a view of a big God, because the God of the Bible is a big God. Hey, what's up? My name's Logan. Thanks for checking out the Redeemed and Reformed podcast. The podcast where we are constantly looking to the Bible to find rest. The podcast where we're reminding ourselves daily of the gospel because we need that. Because we forget it every day because of this flesh. So thank you for joining me for another episode. I really appreciate all the support, all the emails and Facebook messages I've been getting. It's really encouraging to see all that. So today I wanted to bring you something from a pastor who I'm I'm sure everybody's seen on Facebook and YouTube. His name's Stephen Furtick. If you're not familiar with him, you're not you're not missing much. He's a very charismatic uh preacher and I say charismatic in the in the sense he's very effective at what he does. He's got large crowds every Sunday. His sermons get thousands of hundreds of thousands views on across Facebook and YouTube. And he's got a way of emotionally stirring his audience. But that's not effective in a in a good way. Uh let me explain. His sermons are purely emotional. In certain parts of of his sermons he'll have music, organ music, or like emotional ambiance music playing in the background. He gets loud at certain parts, and he whispers at certain parts, and he uses illustrations that that make you emotional. They, they pull on your heartstrings. Stephen Furtick often says things that are so close to the truth that they're either confusing or they go unnoticed. I mean, I got to hand it to the guy. He has a formula for preaching down pat. But the problem is it isn't biblical. It isn't Christ-centered. His preaching is Stephen Furtick-centered. It's human-centered. So that brings me to a clip of a sermon in 2016 where Stephen Furtick talks about how God broke the law for love. And the illustration he uses is very moving. And I could see if you're sitting in the audience and you're caught up with the music and the, the deliverance, how maybe it, it, you would just pass right over what he says. Because what he says is he uses a, a parent breaking the, the speed limit laws to get a child to the hospital. I have the clip right here, so let's take a listen to it. This is why the gospel is still good news in the world today. Because God broke the law for love. I said to every sinner, God broke the law for love. 
mean that he scooped you up in his arms. I mean that he's carrying you in his grace. I mean that what So here's some context. Furtick illustrates that a child is is playing on the monkey bars and suffers a terrible injury. And as a parent, um, you scoop up your child, run to the car, and race to the hospital. And all the way to the hospital, you pass signs declaring a speed limit, but out of the love and concern for your child, you ignore them. You break the law for the sake of love. So Furtick is implying that you are justly breaking the law for the sake of love. And I agree with him in that part, because if my child was hurt, I would totally break every single traffic law there was to get them to the hospital. I mean, what parent wouldn't? But then Furtick turns the story of a parent on earth to God. And that's where things start going sideways. So first off, the story is of an innocent child. Innocent in the sense of that it was playing on the playground and it suffered a tragic injury. Now, to relate that to us and God, we're not innocent by no means. Because of sin, we're in cosmic treason to God. And second, when God gave Moses the law, it wasn't a list of arbitrary rules. The law was a direct reflection of God's character. So for God to break the law, he would be acting against his own character. It would be like God telling us, do as I say, not as I do. So in turn, that would make God a hypocrite. The law wasn't broken. As Stephen Furtick puts it, the law was fulfilled. Matthew 5.17 says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but come to fulfill them. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4.10 says, In this love, not that we have loved God, but He has loved us. And He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, Furtick says that this is why the gospel is still good news. Which it is. I agree 100%. The gospel is good news. It literally, that's what the gospel is. But then he goes on to say that God broke the, the law. So that makes his gospel counterfeit. So if God was to break the law, as Stephen Furtick says, then there would be no justice because two wrongs couldn't make a right. God couldn't have sinned. More specifically, he couldn't sin against himself to forgive sin. It just doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. The law was fulfilled by Jesus, perfectly keeping Every law making him the perfect sacrifice. When Jesus' blood was spilled on the cross, it satisfied God's wrath. And Jesus knew this going into it. In Matthew 26, 39, when Jesus is in the garden, he says, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So what is this cup Jesus is talking about? Well, in Jeremiah 25, 15, in my, in my Bible, the, the ESV, it's labeled the cup of the Lord's wrath. So Jesus is making a reference to the Old Testament prophets. He says, Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, 
Take from my hand this cup of wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. So Jesus knew this. He knew this wrath was going to be poured out on him, and he did it willingly. How great of a love is that? God didn't love us by breaking a law. He loved us by fulfilling the law. And by fulfilling the law, it made us, His elect, right before a holy God. And because of that, I have received and you have received the righteousness of Christ, which means that His perfect obedience to the law is considered as my own perfect obedience to the law before God. That's the gospel. Not this counterfeit gospel that Stephen Furtick is spewing. This is another reason we need to remind ourselves of the gospel daily. So we can see when these charlatans are giving a fake gospel, a gospel that has zero power in it, a gospel that cannot save you. So I just want to reiterate that the gospel is not God breaking the law for love. The gospel is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 God loved us so much that He gave His only Son to die. He poured out His wrath on His Son. And because Christ's blood was spilt, we can stand in perfect righteousness before God. When God looks at me, He doesn't see my filthy, nasty sins. He sees the righteousness of Christ. And it's imperative that we remember that. Because that's the basis of our rest. Well, that's all I have for this one. I hope you find this a blessing. I hope you find this helpful. If you have any questions, please email me at redeemed.reformedpodcast at gmail.com. That's redeemed.reformedpodcast at gmail.com. So until the next episode, God bless.